Yes, people. Woo. It is time for another echo chamber, baby. And we've got a fat one for you today. No doubt. But as we do, let's start off with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 12th to the 14th of November. So at number 10 people, we spoke about this during the 65th BFI London Film Festival. It is the new Edgar Wright joint. It's last night in Soho, starring Anna Taylor Joy, Tamsin McKenzie, Diana Rigg, Bat Smith, Terrence Snap, and the crew. At number nine, another London Film Festival joint. It's the French Dispatch. This is the new Wes Anderson with another Wes Anderson electric cast. Timothy Chalamet, you mean Lisa Dope, Bill Murray, uh, Sarisa Ronan, you mean Adrian Brody, William Dafoe, Elizabeth Moss, Christopher Waltz. Boy, it is for facts. At number eight, hey, they keep coming. It's Ron's Gone Wrong. Hey, this is Sarah Smith, Jean Philippe Vine. And Octavia E. Rodriguez with the voice cast of Zach Gillicadias, Jack Dylan Grazer, Olivia Coleman, Ed Helms, Justice Smith, Rob Delaney. Boy, that was a fun one, people. Which means our number seven film is The Adams Family 2. Greg Turman and Conrad Vermin, right, with voice cast Oscar Isaacs, Charlie Farron, Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, Javon Walton, Nick Kroll, Snoop Dogg, Bette Midler, Young Conrad Vernon again, boy, Bill Hader, yeah, man, <laughs> just the talent is out, you know what I mean? So, we are now at number so, so six, and it is a Let There Be Carnage, the Venom sequel. This time, it is directed by Andy Serkis, we got Tom Hardy back as Eddie Brock, Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy, Michelle Williams as Anne Worry, Naomi Harris as Francis Burson. You know what I mean? Boy. So we are now in the top, top, top five. And we have another sequel. It's the Boss Baby 2 Family Business People from Tom McGrath. You know what I mean? And we've got. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin, James Marsden, Amy Sedaris, Arena Greenbolt, Jeff Goldblum, Eva Longaris. They've all thrown their voices into the mix for this. At number four, it's another BFI one, people. It is Spencer, which, don't make my mistake, it's not a spy film. <laughs> so this is from Pablo uh, Larana, starring Christine Stewart, Timothy Small, Jack Nielsen, Freddie Spree, Jack Barvin, 
Sam, Sean Harris. There's a lot of people up in here, man. So we are in our top three, and it's straight hitters. All right, so we have... Whew, and it was a great one. Is Denny Villeneuve's tune, baby? Timothy Shalaman is Paula Trades. Rebecca Ferguson is Lady Jessica. We've got um, Oscar Isaacs as Duke Lado. You know what I mean? Um, Steph, Stellan Starsgard is Baron Barcolan. I mean, oh, oh. Stephen McKinley Anderson is Spirit Hallett, Josh Brolin, Gurney Hallett, I mean, Javier Baldon is Steelgar, Zenaday is Chaddy, his daughter, oh man, you know what I mean? Oh, I love this one, man, this was so great, so great. At number two, it's no time to die. Corey Joy Fabiga, you know what I mean? He's directed Paul Craig, Daniel Craig, even in his last turn as James Bond, you know. Anna Diamas is in it. Uh, Lisa Doe is back. Ralph Fiennes, Remy Malak is the villain this time out. Ben Wilshaw is Q. You know what I mean? We got Lashana Lynch. She's up in there. Jeffrey Wright is back as Felix. Boy. Boy. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, Naomi Harris. She's there as uh, Buddy Penny. So the number one film this week. I mean, obviously, right? It's Eternals. Chloe Zai. You know what I mean? Hey, she she did her thing here, right? Um, you know, off the back of Nomadland, which was great, and that was last year at the film festival. You know what I mean? But boy, boy, I'm looking forward to seeing this one, people. But that's it. That's our top ten. I, we, as I said, this is a big one. We got a few parts. We're covering a lot, so sit back and enjoy. Let's get into this week's for our first batch of this week's films. All right, people. Let's okay, people. So let's get this hopping off with um yeah, a new indie that's out on Monday, and it is called Well, people. It's not Nuns on the Run 2 or Sisterhood 3, Sister Act 3 even, although I do believe a third Sister Act is coming. No, 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 no. Our new film, which um, kind of is based around Nuns, is called Habit, which I guess there's, a, you know, a double meaning. Because there's drug use and there's nuns, right? And the thing the nun wears, it's a habit. Get it? Habit. Right? So, uh, yeah, this is the new film and directorial debut from Janelle Shirtcliffe. Okay? So, um, she also writes the script 
along with Libby Mintz. Mintz is a producer on the film, along with Devon Latish, Michael Soups, and Bella Fawn. Uh, the cinematography is handled by Rain Lee. It's edited by Brandon French. Music is from Paige Stark and Luke Paquin. Um, and the film is starring, well, we got Bella Fawn. She plays Mads. Um, there's then Addie, who's played by um, Adria Pejic. Uh, Evie, who's played by Libby Mintz. Uh, we got Sunny, played by Ona Sky. Uh, Sister Julie, played by Haley Marie Norman. Um, Queenie, who is played by Josie Ho. Eric, who is played by Gavin Rosedale. Uh, Thomas, who's played by Michael Soups. Bucky, who's played by Colby Mitchell. Uh, there's a priest played by Aaron Diaz. Paris Jackson makes a kind of brief appearance as Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little odd. Right? Um... There's Meryl, played by Julie Mintz, Jewel, Hannah May Lee, Alicia, Larissa Andrade, Vida, played by Alison Moshart. All right, so, uh, I mean, they're our, our main group of peoples, really, you know? Um... The gist of the film is uh, um doo -doo -doo. Oh, where is the gist of the film? The gist of the film when a drug deal goes wrong, street smart party girl Mads and her best friends find a possible way out by masquerading as nuns. Yeah, I mean, that's it in a nutshell, people. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that, that's the gist of the, uh, of the film. Um, and yeah, it's an, it's an odd one, right? I, I say this is an odd one because you have got this host of characters and everyone and this storyline but it kind of it veers off a lot right it really does you know what I mean it gets a little crazy up in there you know uh which okay it gets a little odd right gets a little odd. Now, obviously, you have a lot of people in the Christian world complaining about the film, you know, 
it's blasphemous and all of this kind of thing. But I will say that, you know, I mean, technically, there's not a lot here that we haven't seen before, right? And it's not like, remember when um, Alanis Morissette played Jesus in Dogma, right? That was, a, I feel that was more of a thing, you know what I mean? Because although this film has got a lot going on, I, I think it, it can feel very disjointed. Right, so we start off and we kind of get a little insight into Mads, you know, her growing up. Um, and and it's showing a bit of a dysfunctional childhood, right? Her mum kicks her out, but I, I don't know, man. It, it was a little... It's a little odd, like her mum's be like, oh, why can't you be normal? Because, you know, she's always praying to God. But it's not just praying to God. It's like, I want to date you. I want to fuck you. Jesus. <laughs> Which, I mean, you would be concerned if you're a parent and, and your kid is doing this shit, right? Now, not just because it's just like, I want to fuck but it's just like, you don't know what motherfucker looks like. You don't even know what he's actually like, what he talks like, what his real thoughts are, because everything is handed down. You know, the Bible is clearly rewritten by the Romans, right? I mean, that's a thing. It's not made up. That's a thing. I mean, it was Octavius, right, who rewrote the Bible. So you being like, oh, I just love everything he's about. It's just like, mm, where are you getting that from? <laughs> Obviously, all the pictures are just fake because, you know, motherfucker was in Jerusalem and he's Lily White, right? That in itself is just some craziness. So, yeah, it's a little bit weird. That's a little bit weird. And so we get her being kicked out and then we have her, you know, with her friends and being like, okay, so now she's moved in with these girls and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, a, a lot of it just felt it's for shock, right? Like the whole, I want to fuck Jesus. It, it didn't feel a sincere situation. Like when you saw her supposedly kind of praying and, you know, all of this, it, it didn't feel like praying, right? I mean, so at the London Film Festival is the new, um, Paul, I think it was a Paul Verhoeven film, Bernadetta. I think it's Bernadetta. So I feel that's the name of it, right? I couldn't, I didn't know my fucker was subtitled. Right? I, I went in, sat in first 15 minutes hoping, you know what I mean, this was gonna, and it didn't, it was all subtitled. But there was a few scenes at the beginning and you'd see people dropped at knees and praying and it did feel heartfelt, right? You, you got that emotion from the screen. In this, you don't get that emotion, right? So we have her meet up with her friends and now they're selling drugs, right? Her friends go to the club, sell drugs, all of this kind of thing, right? But the thing is... Um, 
they got is one of those ones where you have the club scene, but it does not feel like a club <laughs> because it's not busy, it's not packed, right? And you just like, yo, if you're selling shit in a club, you want it to be a busy club. You're not going to an empty fucking club because you're making no money, right? So you have all these weird situations which they're trying to sell you on, and it's just like. Like, looks-wise, right, the film did look nice. It does look a little, like, there's a lot of stylized sequences and all of this. So there's that. But, I don't know, man. There's times I felt like they're trying to rely on this shock and these stylized sequences. But, you know, this bit in the club and... It's just like, oh, let's show a lot of girls kind of writhing around together, you know. Oh, let's pretend there's like these lesbian scenes going on, and then there's guy girl scenes going on. Ah, it's hedonism. Didn't look like hedonism, right? It, it, it didn't feel like that. Now, we've seen plenty of films where there's debauchery and it's just like carnage, and you'd be like, oh, shit. That's a Friday night right there, right? This didn't feel like that, right? Just didn't feel like that. So we have this, and they get into this drug situation, right? They're selling drugs, as I said. Now, something goes wrong, obviously, right? But then the reactions to this thing, right, to this situation, which is kind of weird, because there's no going after the guy that stole, right? There's no, oh, they open the door and be like, you see, he just let, he's a, uh, right? And you're just like, okay, if you're worried, if there's this concern, this fear, this, ah, you'd be trying to find this person, firstly, right? Making calls, yo, you were at my house last night. Do you remember that guy? Oh, do you know where that guy is? Bum, 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 there'd be that, right? But it wasn't. And then what they do, which happens real quick, right? It's not like a load of deliberating and blah, blah, blah. You just like, all right, you came to that conclusion real fast. So why all the other stuff? Because obviously you don't care, right? And and that's the weird thing. So it's showing them uh, like there's this real flip-flop in personality traits all the time. You know, where it's like, I'm so oh, delicate. And then it's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Just like, yo, pick a lane. You know, and it's fine to go between, but there's usually a nuance to it. You usually see this stuff in a character. And there's all this, oh, I probably acted rashly. Oh, it's me acting rashly again. But each time it didn't really feel like, but there's not that moment of, ah, fuck, I snapped. Right? It was just like, bum, 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 uh, do this, but And you're like, oh, all right, where's the snap? There's no snap. Right? And that's, what you see, and even when something you have this crazy person who might be like real short fuse and all of that, you always see the snap, right? The snap might be real quick, but you will see that snap, and we don't see the snap. We don't 
see the snap, right? So, yeah, we, we get into the this situation and like the drug dealer, don't feel like a drug dealer, right? Not prepared for anything. You know what I mean? All the shit that comes and there's all this talk of this person, but then when the, like no preparation for the person and then when the person shows up, it's all suddenly boom, boom. Right? It's all done. But all the situations, like they're created, but they don't feel real. Like nothing feels like real danger or, or real anything. You know, it's just, oh, this is another scene, and oh, look, there's another scene, you know? I, like, when I was watching this, I was thinking of true romance, because in true romance, you really believed in a lot of the shit that was going down, right? When he goes to um, John Malkovich, the, the fucking pimp drug dealer, you know what I mean? Hey, yo, I, yeah. Is it white boy day? I don't think it's white boy day, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you were just like, oh, these motherfuckers are crazy. But it felt like a drug dealer, right? The, the situation felt like tender hooks. Like, especially like the hotel scene, just all of it. They felt like there was peril, felt like people trying to find answers. And this, it seems like it wanted to be that, but it just didn't really deliver on these things, right? We, we have this weird moment at the start of the third part of the film, the end of the film, right? The last third, where you're like, wait, you're doing that now? Right, so we see this thing happen, but then it, it then it's weird at the end, but you're just like, wait a minute, how would that, you couldn't come from that other thing to this thing, like that makes no sense. And then there's no learning from the other thing, right? It's just, nun costumes, not believable nuns. Right, you know those real rubbish police costumes that people can get for like dress ups and Halloween and all of that shit. That's what these non costumes seem like, right? It's not believable, so not believable. And then just the way they're acting, it's just like, oh dear, oh dear, <laughs> oh fucking dear, man. It's it's a little insane. Now, listen. If you want something that you really don't have to think about, you know what I mean? If that's what you want, then habit might work for you. But don't go in expecting a true romance. Like, it, it, it's not, and it's not campy enough or crazy enough to be, you know, so similar to Grindhouse or Planet. What was the other one? She Planet Terror? I don't want to say Planet Terror. Remember the Grindhouse films Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did, like Machete and all of those, which were all crazy, but they worked. You know? They worked. And, and unfortunately, yeah, this isn't on those sort of levels. But you still may enjoy it. You may have fun. 
if you like Bellafon's acting and all of that kind of jazz, it may well be for you, people. So, um, yeah, it's hitting um, on the 23rd, right? So go to any of your favorite VODs and you will be able to get it there, all right? So maybe you want to don the habit or maybe you want to avoid it. Hey, you might have to ask the big man. <laughs> for his opinion, right? Like Mads. All right, people, are you ready for a new shudder? Weirdness. <laughs> well, we had prisoners of the ghost land. Okay, people, so... It is always intriguing when you hear there's a new Nicolas Cage film on the horizon, right? Because you never know what the fuck he's going to do. There, there's been some great films. There's been some terrible films. And there's been some films where you're like, what the hell was that? <laughs> what happened? Did I enjoy it? Do I understand it? You know what I mean? It's definitely one of those. And um, I think this new one may fall into that last category, right? It is called Prisoners of the Ghostland. It is a, um, I think it's the first foreign film from Sinu Sonon, right? It is written by Aaron Hendry and Reza Siksu Safi. It is produced by Safi, along with Laura Rister, Michael uh, Mendelssohn, Koi Mori, and Nate Boltini. Uh, the cinematography is from Sorrel Tanawaya. It's edited by Taylor Levy. Music is Joseph Trapens. And uh, yeah, people, it is starring. We have Nicolas Cage as Hero. He doesn't really have a name, right? You've got Bill Mosley as the governor, Nick Casavatis as Psycho. We got Sophia Botella as Bernice. Maya Caraz plays a younger Bernice. Um, we've got Tak Sakaguchi as Yazuri. Um, Charles Glover as Enoch, Young Diaz as Ratman, Cece Zoy as Chimera, Louise Kotara as Curie, uh, Tetsu Watanabe as Nabe, uh, Takoto. Iona uh, Meto as Sheriff Takato, Matthew Chorick as Sheriff Matthew, 
are Yuzuka Nakaya as Susie, Lorena Koto as Stella, Karana Nawata as Nancy, and um, Isla is Bernice's mother in the piece. Okay, so what is this crazy goddamn film about? Well, it is set in the treacherous frontier city of Samurai Town, where a ruthless bank robber is sprung from jail by a wealthy warlord called the Governor, whose adopted granddaughter Bernice has gone missing. The governor offers the prisoner his freedom in exchange for retrieving the runaway. Strapped into a leather suit that will self-destruct within three days, the bandit sets off on a journey to find a young woman and his own path to redemption. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the gist of this one, people. And Listen, it's weird, right? It, like, it starts off, and, like, we, uh, huh. well, we see, like, the these girls in a compound all along the side. A guy's looking out, one whistles, and then three girls kind of leave. There's no rushing, though. Right, they leave, get into a car, and um, go to leave. Right, but it, as I said, look, it's weird because there's there's no rushing, though, and everyone's making noise. <laughs> you know what I mean, like the whistling, it, it's not a silent signal. You know what I mean? Then all the girls at the side are clapping and making noise. These girls leave, and you're thinking, well. I mean, you mean the dude watching, how the fuck is he not hearing this? But yeah, they go. Um, then we've got Nicolas Cage, hero and psycho burst into a bank, right? We see a little kid. He's got a mask on the back of his head. He's holding a, a, a cup full of, I don't know, jelly beans? Skittles, something like that, right? And he's, he's looking at this machine full of the stuff. It's all very neon, bright colors and all of this, which is a, a, a drastic change from the girls in the compound, which is a bit muted, right? So we see all of this and it just, you know, it looks like shit's gonna go down in this bank, right? Then we're back with the girls in the car. And it's just like, we've never been out of the compound before. Then all of a sudden, we have one of the girls wake up, like in a grimy bed, wearing a grimy slip, and in just this weird kind of town. And you're like, say what? <laughs> like, what? what's going on? Right, next thing, a car's pulling in and everyone's clapping. It's like, the governor, the governor, the governor. Right, they they drag Hero out of a jail and he, you know, he talks with the governor. 
right? It's all a little bit goofy with everything, like people jumping around and like you've got some guys dressed as samurai, some guys dressed as cowboys. It's a little odd. It's a little odd. And we get this back and forth. And um, yeah, we then find out, right? The governor, he's granddaughter has gone missing he says right so he's telling cage hero hey you find her and i'll set you free gives him clothes right which he put well it's this leather jumpsuit which he he kind of puts on but doesn't do up and the governor's like oh you should do it up which firstly firstly that should be a little bit of a, hmm, why do you care, right? The other thing is, when you put this thing on, surely you would feel, right, certain heaviness and certain things about this suit. doesn't happen. And once it's on, the governor's just like, ah, well, do you notice these, uh, there's these weird kind of, bubbles bulbs on the on the thing and once he does it up it kind of click, click and these things light up and he's just like well <laughs> they're explosives right so there's ones on the arm there's two on the arms two on the neck here and then two two on his nuts right in the groin region and he's told all right the ones in your arm, they will sense if you do looking to do any harm to a woman. All right? The ones in the groin, they're like, that is for, you know, if you try anything off key. Ones on the neck, if you try and take up the suit, it's going to blow up. All right? Which is just like, yeah. But yeah, it was just, I don't know how he didn't feel the explosives or just something weird about it. Now, the one thing that I was kind of thinking was, how does he go to the loo? <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't, you say you can't take the suit off, right? In the, in the groin area, it's got the explosives. So it's how do you go to the loo, right? And the other thing, a lot of times you wake up, in a, you know, you wake up with a certain feeling, you feel me? Which would kind of mean that shit's blowing up. <laughs> I mean, your groin is just blowing up every fucking morning. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> that, that, there needs to be a counter for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he's been in jail for a long time. So, but we don't know, well, we don't know how long. We get a sense it's been a long time, but yeah, we don't know how long he's been in jail, right? If he's been in jail for a long time, right? Yeah, could get the sense that he ain't had any action in a long time, which could mean a, a gust of wind, <laughs> gust of wind and a glance, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, so he then has to set out on this adventure to uh, save 
Bernice. And yeah, from there, it just gets, gets a little nuts, right? The story, like there is a story, but it's kind of riddled. It's kind of riddled through holes. It doesn't necessarily go A, B, C, D, right? It's all over the place. <laughs> Which you're like, okay, that's fine. Like you, you do kind of, for the most part, follow what's you can follow what's going on, right? It's weird, but you can follow what's going on. You know what I mean? It makes sense from that point of view. Okay, all right, but yeah, it is. There's a lot of bizarre shit going down. So there's some of it where you kind of feel. Is this a fever dream? Is that something that's happening or is it, it's not happening? There's things that you've been like, okay, yeah, that's obviously a dream. But then later on, like the thing will appear again. And you're like, okay, so that wasn't a dream. But that kind of don't make sense now. <laughs> that's kind of weird now, right? So yeah, you just got these things happening and it's just like, Someone's trapped in this thing, but we don't really see how they get themselves out of it, right? They, they, it seems like there was a greater story and maybe stuff got lost in the editing room. You know what I mean? I, like, I kind of get the sense that there could be that, right? Because there are some things where you're just like, now it doesn't quite add up, right? Stuff goes down. That it's a bit weird. Like there's this thing happens midway through the film involving the garden, the governor's henchman. He gets told some information, which you think it's kind of vital information. And you you get well, you get the sense from the start that a couple of people are gonna square off, but then you get the sense that oh, could there be an allegiance shift here? But then some stuff happens at the end where you'll be like, wait, I don't really make any sense now, right? Like, why would that person do that thing, right? It's, it's, it's odd. It's very odd, right? You, you do pick up more information as the story goes on, right? You get more information on the bank robbery, which then kind of makes you kind of think, wait, what? After the stuff you hear at the very start, you'd be like, all right, well, we know what happened. Everyone in the bank would have known what happened. There were, were, were survivors, so that's odd. But then there are those laws that if you're with someone and they do something, you are culpable for that thing. So maybe it was that, I don't know. It, it, it's just there's a lot of information and it doesn't always necessarily make two when you add one and one together, you feel me? Uh, which I, I don't think is necessarily the, the worst thing, right? The, the stuff that doesn't make sense, you know, as I said, like you can follow, it is crazy. And one thing, though, right, Nicolas Cage has said about this film, right, there's, there's a quote, 
right? It, it's something like, uh, what did he say? He said, might be the wildest movie I've ever made, which I mean, that's an interesting statement when you think about the shit Nicolas Cage has made. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all the films he has made, and he's like, oh, this might be the craziest thing I've ever made. You'd be like, really? Is 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 that what you're saying? Because you've made some odd shit. <laughs> You know what I mean? When you think about all the things, like Wild at Heart was weird. Raising Arizona were weird, but they were but just not the weirdest things. You know, Bring Out the Dead was just, oh, I mean, it's very good, but just like, oh, <laughs> it's so depressing. I really like Matchstick Man. That was great. But yeah, the, the, the weird shit. Like, adaptation was weird, but good. Eight millimeters was just like, oosh. That was weird, but again, not the weirdest thing, right? But it's as time goes on. Like, the Wicker Man, that was some bizarre shit, but that was more just bizarre <laughs> than just insane, insane, you know? You you get onto um man, you, you get onto the, the real crazy stuff as the career starts to you know un unfold, you know, just a little bit, right? Because you have um man, what is gosh. Mandy, right? Mandy was straight up. That was crazy. Like, it didn't necessarily make any sense. It did feel all fever dream. But, I mean, before that, there was Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, right? And then, just recently, right, we had uh, the, the Colour of Magic, which, again, I mean, it was Lovecraft, so you kind of get it. Yeah, kind of get why the fuck that was so just like, uh, say what? <laughs> but yeah, for Cage to, uh, you know, say that this is his weirdest film? Nah, son. This ain't definitely is not the weirdest thing we've ever seen Nicolas Cage in. It really isn't, right? It, it, it gets that thing as well where it kind of gets resolved a lot easier and quicker than the build-up suggested it could, right? You get to that point and be like, well, if it was that easy... Why did motherfuckers do that in the first place? You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, people, if you want to get yourself another slice of oddness from Nicolas Cage, well, it's out today on Shudder, right? So you can get you some.
you know? <laughs> now, it's, it's not shot badly. It looks interesting, right? The way it's all put together. There are some odd cuts, some hard cuts in the film. Um, I think the, the color contrast and all of that, that, that's fun. That plays well with it all. You know, it does give you that feverish kind of oddness that I've mentioned, right? You do get some weird caricatures, you know, within the piece. But, it, you know, yeah, it's a little bizarre. But, yeah, not the bizarrest thing. But, yeah, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of Western Mad Max hybrid. They say it's a horror. I mean, the threat of getting your nuts blown off is horrific. <laughs> it does. Oh, as soon as they say that bit in the, in the film, you do be like, oh, you know what I mean? You want to grab your nuts and be like, oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't say it's a horror per se. But yeah, people, if you've got your Shudder account, go check it out if you're a big fan of Nicolas Cage and the odd shit that he does. All right. All right, people, it is finally hit the big Netflix blockbuster starring Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds and Gayla Gadot. That's right, baby. We have Red Notice next. Okay, people, so it is finally here. That is correct, right? Red Notice is out, right? Hit cinemas for a minute. Now it's on Netflix. And we get to see what will this huge budget movie do? What's it look like? You've got... Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Ryan Deadpool Reynolds, and Gail Wonder Woman Gadot, right? All doing their thing, making millions. Huge film that Netflix, you know, I, I feel you, you get the impression they want to do things with this shit, right? So, yeah, it, it's, it's large budget. And, you know, there's usually that thing with an action film. And, yes, this one has it. We skip, scop, skip, scop, skip, scap, skip, skip, trip, trop. <laughs> we, we jaunt around the world. Let's just say that. <laughs> Man, they're like Rome, uh, Valencia, London. Cairo, Russia, Argentina. You know what I mean? They go everywhere, right? So, obviously, this is huge. You know, big explosions, fights. It's got it all. It's all jam-packed into this film, man. Okay, so it is from director Rawson Marshall Fuda. Right, who, um, you know, he's worked on some big stuff. He did, he directed and wrote Dodgeball. Um, 
Weird Miller's Central Intelligence. He wrote and directed that one. Wrote and directed Skyscraper. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he, he's worked on some big films. And I think most of those were pretty successful, right? So, again, he writes and directs this. It is produced by Bo Flynn, uh, Danny Garcia, Hiram Garcia, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and uh, Fuda as well. Oh, shit. Pardon me, people. Man, my allergies are killing me today. I don't even know why. Yesterday was fine. Yesterday was fine. Right? Cinematography is Marcus Fudera. Uh, it's edited by Michael L. Sale and Julian Clark. Music is from Steve Jabonski. Um, and it is starring because, boy, it's got a, obviously, it's got a fat-ass cast, right? So we have got Dwayne Johnson as John Hartley, Ryan Reynolds as Nolan Booth, Gail Godot as Sarah Black, Chris Dianopoulos as Sato Vods. We've got Rito Ara as Irvishi Das. She's an Interpol agent. Right? Um, Ivan Magakoop as Tambui. Uh, Vincenzo Amato as Director Gallo. Raphael Patedi as Security Chief Riki, you know. Um, yeah, there's also a big cameo at the very end of the film, right? Not at the very, very end, but in some, you know, the moments before the end, we get a big, 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 big cameo. Right, um, and the gist of the film, people. Oh, Christ, so what is this film about? It's pretty simple, okay. So, when an Interpol infused red notice the highest level warrant to hunt and capture the world's most wanted goes out and we get this little blurb come up at the beginning like a, a, a dictionary note and entry right red notice blah, 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 blah. which you know i think that's smart right just lets people understand you know a little figure thing um but yes when it goes out the fbi fbi's top profile Profiler John Hartley is on the case. His global pursuit finds him smack dab in the middle of a daring heist where he's forced to partner with the world's greatest art thief, Nolan Booth, in order to catch the world's most wanted thief, the Bishop. The high flying adventure that ensues takes the trio around the world, across the dance floor, trapped in secluded prison, into the jungle, and worst of all for them, constantly into each other's company. So, yes, 
there you have it. And so we start off, right, with um, a, a, a kind of explanation of Cleopatra's ex, right? Now, don't worry, people, it's not invasive. We're not going into Cleo's ovaries. It's not no sort of ex, right? They were gifts, gifts that uh, Mark Henry? No. Mark Antony. Boom, boom. Yes. Kiss Mark Antony gave her. Right? So these gold eggs and all of this. So, yeah, but they're missing. Right? So we get this. And we're seeing someone solder and all of this kind of stuff. So obviously, you know, right, we're going to get something involved with these eggs. All right? Then we jump to Rome. And we've got uh, Hartley. And we have got special agent, um, you know, Das. They're teaming up to try and capture Booth because Hartley's had a tip that Booth will be trying to steal the first egg today here. And I think you can guess how that goes. Now we get this elaborate chasing, you know what I mean? And chasing Booth around the museum and all of this. And it's, you know, it's slick, well shot. It is one of those things, right, where no one gets hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people get pushed off ladders, but they fall so you know, coincidentally, on a, a big pile of cloth, or, you know, it's just shit like that, which you're just like, no. <laughs> no. Although, there is a funny little thing with a car, right? There is a funny little thing with a car early on, with all of this. You know, we get, tables get turned, Right, allegiances get switched, and you are watching it like, okay, all right. Now, there are a lot of cliches in it. There are a lot of cliches, right? Oh, I bet your, your, your father was no good, right? And we get those stories, be like, oh, yes, my father, he made me, he led me into this life, and it's just like, oh, do we? Like it's kind of played out. It's kind of played out now. You know what I mean? Also, it is that whole buddy up thing, right? Because you know where it's going to go. It always goes in the same way. You know, it's arguing, but like, ah, 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 but then they team up and they help each other. And there's moments when it looks like they're going to leave. And then, you know, we've seen it. We've seen it all before. So I think the film doesn't give you anything new. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing in this that you're like, oh, shit. Yo, that was great. I've never seen that's a good twist. And whoa, they took the story there. No, it doesn't do anything like that. And the film is just under two hours, right? 118 minutes. So it is it is a hefty motherfucker, 
right? Which I do think there are parts that do flag a bit, right? Not too much. It is pretty, pretty well paced, right? There is things happening most of the time. So you are intrigued. You like you're you're not really that bored. You know what I mean? Like now, even when you're just like, I've seen this before, it's slickly done. So you're like, all right, I'm in it. I'll watch it. Come on, let's go. All right. So we, we have that, which is good. You know what I mean? It is good in that way. Like there's a there's a few little jokes nodding at other films. Like, oh, if I break out another one, I get a Shawshank jacket. That was all right. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed there was a nod to Wonder Woman with Gadot, with one of the fight scenes. But sometimes it tries a little too hard, like, to make someone look like, oh, this character's so badass, you know, with Gadot and the fights. You know, it, it, it's just some little... Like, hey, and it's not to be like, oh, she can't fight. Right, but it's just one of those things. However tough that a, a woman's not beating up, you know, like twenty dudes. It, it's, it's just not, and just because in a fight you get hit behind the ear, you are fucked, or a kidney shot. You know what I mean like your equilibrium, your equilibrium. Ooh, you get dizzy. You know what I mean? You get dizzy, right? A kidney shot just shuts you down. So anything can happen, but it's always you know, these these punches and twists and which you know, don't get me wrong, it can be fun to watch, right? It can be fun to watch people. Now they throw in a lot of twists and did you see that coming? Right? They throw in a lot of those, right? Which isn't too bad, but I think when they come, you've most likely guessed it. You know, it's not that much of a shock, right? But as I said, look, it's action packed, it's it's pretty fast paced, so you are engaged. Like, I preferred this to, say, National Treasure. I hated those films so much. Oh, but so, yeah, this, I believed it. I believed and enjoyed it more, right? I think we do get that issue, though, of, like, John Hartley is basically that same dude from the Fast and the Furious films, you know, Ryan Reynolds is basically Ryan Reynolds, you know, it, like, it's the same Ryan Reynolds we have seen in Deadpool, Free Guy, you know, just any film recently, that, he, he just plays the same person, you know, it, like, you know, and we're not really getting too much from Gadot. Like, don't get me wrong, they're not terrible performances, but I think 
some actors and actresses they get to that point where you you don't always get like the nuance anymore and they just become this character that everyone enjoys right which is fine but it's not that much of a stretch you know what i mean so yeah look red notice it 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 it, it delivers on that crazy big budget hollywood actioner that you were probably expecting I mean, it, it does that. It doesn't give you anything new, but it gives you explosions galore and crazy destinations, right? They throw a little cameo bit in the end, which we didn't really need. We didn't really need. And they try to play it up like, oh, look, this person who you wouldn't think would do this shit does this shit. Ha, 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 ha. But it's just all a bit like, uh, oh dear, oh dear. Now, it does feel like it ends in a way where we're going to get more. You know what I mean? Which, you know, it's a, it's kind of similar to, I, f I feel if you liked the Hitman's Bodyguard films, right? And we talked about the second one just um, earlier in the year. You know what I mean? Uh, so if you like that, if you liked Reynolds in Six Underground, which hit, did that hit last year? I kind of feel it hit last year, right? I kind of think it did. I might be wrong. But yeah, if you like those films, then I feel Red Notice is going to tick the boxes for you. If you like the crazy stuff like Skyscraper, Rampage, you know what I mean? Like that sort of crazy action. Yeah, Red Notice, you're gonna, you're gonna feel good, right? You're gonna feel warm inside. You're gonna feel fulfilled by what this does. And I imagine netflix make some bank off of this you know what i mean it was meant to be a universal film but it was one of those situations that hey big studios they were losing money because everything was shut down they sold it to netflix and bet universal like ah oh, man we should have kept hold of it right because yeah it's gonna make money it's gonna make money people gonna watch it all of that jazz so you know, it, it might be a little bit long. It might not show us anything new, but it will deliver the eyeballs. You know what I mean? So, yeah, if, as I said, look, if you like Six Underground, if you liked uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard's wife, Hitman's Bodyguard, or is that just the name you say? I don't know. If you like those, Skyscraper, Rampage, just the crazy action things. If you like that, if you like The Rock, Reynolds, Godot, then people, Red Notice is for you. So you're a warning, people. You're on the list. Okay, people. 
hitting cinemas today, Friday the 19th, we have got a new Polish crazy crime story called Pitbull Exodus. All right, people. So do you remember, right? Uh, ooh, I think it was a, a month, maybe two months ago, we looked at Small World, which was a ooh, a really hard-boiled Polish crime drama, you know, dealt with child trafficking, you know what I mean? Just, like, just, it was dark. But it, it was very well done. It's very well done. So this was from director Patrick Vega. Well, Patrick has a new film dropping, and it is called Pitbull Exodus. Well, <laughs> it is, see, the funny thing about the title, okay? So this is a Polish film. Right, so in Poland it's Pitbull, and over here in the UK it's Exodus. Right, and the other thing is, it would seem it's part of a series of Pitbull films. Right, I think there's four other ones. Right, so some of the characters that you see in this. You know, people who have watched that series would know from the previous films, right? So I think that is the the big gist with that. So, um, you know, Vega, he wrote and directed the film, okay? Um, it is, uh, it's produced as well by Vega and Arthur Zagadagi. Uh, music is uh, Lucas Targorzos. Cinematography is Norbert Modrzeski. It's edited by Tomasz Widarski. Um, Makas Million Mikaslau handled the casting. Production design is Agata Stronowska. Boy, I, I think that's the name's done. I, I think I'm, I'm doing such a terrible job. I probably should leave it at that. So our cast. We have got... Um, uh, and... Andrzej Gaboski is Jacek Gok Gebels. He's the policeman, the police chief. I thought it was. Oh, yeah, my bad. Sorry. Um, we then have Noz, who is the nemesis as it were he's played by Prezmaslau Blazkuk um we then have um 
police chief's son, who's Jarek, who's played by Sebastian Della. Uh, Nosh's boss at the beginning, Pershing, is played by Thomas Deds, Ded, Dedek. Um, boy. Um... Noz's mother is played by Anita Zagak. Um, young Nos, who we see at the start, is played by Damon Bilas. Uh, boy, yeah, there's so many other people, man. We got Raphael, played by Dawid Krubaski, uh, Dario Natan Golbalaski. Um, we have Wizinina played by Susman Kula. Um, whew. Sandra played by Julia Mikalaska. Um, Renata played by Justina Kalawaska. Sobol, played by Jan Hirenwenschk. Uh, and uh, like one of the most interesting ones is a character called Macau, who works with Gibbles, right? And I'm watching this film and I'm thinking, man, that dude really looks like Jan Blakovich, right? The um, former UFC light heavyweight champion of the world. And when filming this film, he was probably, you know what I mean, the light heavyweight champion of the world. And hey, he lost the title, but still great fighter, Polish power, you know what I mean? And um, it was him. <laughs> Yo, that's some crazy shit. Yeah, I was watching the film, I was thinking, God damn it. That really looks like Jan Blagovic. And it really was Jan Blagovic. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So, um, the film is, um, is this, right? When an explosive plant at a gas station kills a police sapper, you know, the, the, the guys that will defuse the bombs, right? The police chief assigns Gibbles from the homicide unit to investigate the case. The investigation leads him on the trail of a criminal from the armed, from the armed arm of the Pershing group, a bomb designer and kidnapper behind dozens of attacks in Poland and over a hundred kidnappings throughout the country. The confrontation between the bandit and the dog turns into a regular war. In the years since these events, the son of Goebbels, um, Jarek, a computer science student, at the Polytechnic University, and his friends find a risky way to earn a quick income, and using his knowledge, start breaking into the villas of the rich. 
bad luck wants him to choose the wrong house one night and Gebbles faces a no-win situation in which he has to put his own son in jail. Will Gebbles be a policeman who arrests a criminal or a father who saves his child? So yeah, that's the uh, that's the kind of film. And this is it is balls to the wall, kind of crazy. It is full throttle, just out there, right? And it, and it's kind of with it's kind of like two films merged together in a way, but. Since, you know what I mean, coming out of screening and finding out that, yeah, it's part of this Pitbull series, it does seem to make a bit more sense, right? Because sometimes we have these characters kind of come in and you're a bit like, um, hmm, what's up with that? Or, or the, you know what I mean, there's things that aren't quite explained. And so, you know, it, it makes sense that if, people know these characters, have met them previously, right? So, um, yeah, it starts off, well, it starts off in a bit of a weird way, because there's, you feel it's just a guy talking, but then it's like, some of the stuff he says doesn't make any sense, because it's referring to later you know what I mean? But later hasn't happened, essentially. So it's a bit like, hmm. Because it's not a voiceover, right? So we, we start off with a intense date. <laughs> it's a crazy first fucking date, man. It really is, right? So there's this guy, and he's just like, um, I am evil. I kidnap people, I bake bombs, bombs blow up. This is what I do. I enjoy what I do. And he's like talking to this. And then we see he's talking to a girl. And we're like, oh? And she's just like, and you're not quite sure what's happening here. But she's just like, um, oh, because I think he goes, oh, I think I maybe I'm talking too much. She's like, no, no. Maybe tell me more about these bombs. And you're like, is this a sting? Like, what's happening here? And so then we get into him as a kid, right? And you do feel, and you feel like, ah, oh, man, he's come from a rough childhood and blah, blah, blah. But he was making bombs from the giddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't so much as, like, beatings and all of this forced him in. Nah, he, he, he was down with the bomb life, right? That that was his jam. <laughs> now, I am sure that, you know, being slapped around by his mums and, and not getting hugs and shit, you know, him having to um, give up his bedroom to be used for a brothel, you know what I mean? right, that's going to do something to you, 
You know what I mean? That's going to mess you up in some ways. Because there's a thing as well, right? So his mum was running a brothel out of his house, out of their house, and using his bedroom as one of the rooms to um, these girls were getting down in. I am sure, right, from, from how we see his mums, I'm sure she's not changing the sheets. You know what I mean? So, hey, this kid's having to go to bed in a bed that where mad people have been pressed in. It's just a little grim. It's very grim. You know, it's not good. But, uh, yeah, so we see him, you know, come through this and progress, really. Get, you know, starting his own brothel, getting into other crimes. Uh, but then it all goes south when Pershings comes after him, right? Pershings comes after him. And, um, yeah, that all gets a little crazy. That all gets a little crazy. And, and it's kind of, you know, you're just like, okay. You know, it, it's crazy, but all of this does make sense, right? The beginning, it's all, well, you've been like, all right, yeah, no, I feel it kind of makes sense, you know? Um, but he, he then gets in with the gang and he, he's making bombs for them and all of this kind of thing. And that's when the accident, well, and then the accident happens, right? It, it, it's one of those situations where you know, the police underestimated a situation and it went bad. It went bad. And, and the thing is, I don't think the criminals wanted to kill the police. They're just trying to blackmail thing, you know what I mean? Because, hey, killing someone just brings heat on you. But that's what happened. And so then we get into this situation of the police dude, Gebbles, coming after um, Nos, right? And, and we get this crazy situation. Um, but so essentially, right, when we get to this point, this is just before the first date, right, he has with this young lady. Um, we see how they met, which, again, it's weird. It's a little weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a little weird. Now, you think that, but then I think, I guess, when we, later on in the film, you do kind of be like, oh, okay, maybe that was always there. You know what I mean? Maybe that was always there. Now, I'm going to leave that for you to find out, right? But, yeah, so it's a weird day, right? Because, you know, she's a lot more attractive than him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I guess, you know, he, he's that rugged kind of look, maybe, maybe. Like, he's not Nostradamus. Nostradamus? No, I'm thinking of, um, Quasimodo. Yes, Quasimodo. Yeah, he's not Quasimodo, but, you know, you're kind of thinking, she's a hot little chick. She she doesn't have to date 
a bomber. You mean, when a dude's like, hey, I killed, I bomb, I kidnapped, bro. Then you'd be like, all right, you know what? I, this was nice, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure there was a spark. <laughs> That's what could have happened. It didn't happen, right? So, yeah, their first date ends up with him getting arrested because of this 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 bomb blowing up and killing a police officer uh, and, and like from here it's just kind of insane right with conjugal visits in jail with declarations of you know vengeance and you know repercussions and just all of this and it's just like ah. It, it, it's kind of full on. It's kind of full on. Like you do do feel a little bit like, you know, they they feel like, oh, let's blow some shit up. And then they're like, oh, we could do it again. Oh, let's do it again. There's a lot of explosions at the start, right? And you do feel a little bit like, eh, I mean, we have to, like, you probably could have, didn't need to have all of these. But, you know, meh. These things happen, right? Um, so yeah, it, it gets like you know, the police are trying to catch him, they're evading the police, or, or they're trying to put pressure on the police, police trying to put pressure on them. It is whew, crazy, as I said, people, it's crazy, but then we suddenly get you know, jump in time. Right, this you know in in the you know description, it's like oh, and over the years, it just kind of there's no subtle bum bum bum. It's just like <laughs> here we are, they're older now. <laughs> so we do that because uh, we see them with young kids, and then we see those kids as I don't know, right? They they're maybe twenty. Like eight between 18 and 20, I would say. I don't think we got an age, but they're in poly, you know, the Polytechnic University. Um, which, yeah, I know, man. It like it, it's hard to tell, it's hard to tell, but you know, the, the kids are older, and yeah, Gebel's son. Right, because you know they're being taught um, security systems and stuff at university, so they're like, "Oh, we've been shown how to install these alarm systems. That means we know how to circumvent them." So that's when they start their little, you know, breaking gang, and um, it. It goes south, right? They break into the wrong house, and that sends this film into another crazy direction, Whew. right? If that's not enough, it gets ramped up with just even more just domino effect insanity, right? Which you know, it does keep you gripped. Right, because the the action doesn't really let up. 
there's always something going down. Always something going down. So, yeah, you're, you're entertained from that point of view. Some of the acting isn't the best. Some of the acting is real ropey. Um, you know, and I think some of that is uh, the, the kids' friends, right? Um, Jarek's friends. So, like, like Jarek isn't bad. Like, uh, Sebastian Dells, uh, Della, he's not bad. Like, some of his friends, though, you know, maybe not the best actors, right? So, yeah, you have that. Um, it is like, you know, there's this booming music that plays throughout. There is a bit like, okay, we get it. <laughs> I think we get it. Okay, you can calm, you calm it down a little bit, right? So yeah, there's that, and I think you know you're <laughs> you're watching these people, these criminals and these police, and there is no subtlety, no subtle. Like they'd be like, all right, let's do this, and we'll get this person, but they're just kind of putting themselves out there like no one seems to be bothered about being caught on video cameras or you know it's just like all right so I'm tricking someone and blowing them up with this real kind of sly way but I'm gonna stand out in the middle of everywhere holding a remote so you know people like any bystander will be like there was a suspicious guy holding an object and he just put his arm up and went clear yeah i saw that did i have anything to do with it you know what I mean? it was all of that you're just like oh okay all right but is no one worried about consequences like you know what, what's happening here you know <laughs> and also like there, there, it does get to a point where it seems that only one lot of people have technology and the others don't. And you're thinking, wait, why wouldn't the others have the tech and kind of think that this shit is possibilities, right? So there is is that, you know what I mean? So I, I would say some of this story doesn't necessarily make sense. Like, as I said, at the beginning, when we have NOS kind of talking to his um, girl, you know, on this date, and, and he, he says something about the police dude, right? But it's something you wouldn't know at this point. You know what I mean? So he's it, it, a little... He's a little odd like that, right? But if you want something crazy, like action-packed explosions, Gunfights, kidnappings, you know what I mean? Breakings, then you know, Pitbull Exodus. Hey, this is the film for you people, right? Don't look for subtlety, you know, don't look for nuance because it's not really there. This is what you see, is what you get with a double helping of insanity tossed on top just for measure, right? That's what this is. So yeah, if that sounds like your cup of tea, then boom, boom.
here you go. Hey, one thing, right? Because as I said, look, the Pitbull is the Polish title. Exodus is the English title. I do believe over in the UK, they will be showing both versions, right? So you will get that you could get to go see the Polish with English subtitles, or you see the English dub, right? Um, some of the dubbing isn't the best. So I would say, you know, if, if you hate that and you're cool with subs, you probably want to see Pitbull, right? But like myself, who can't read the subs, then Exodus, like, it, it's not, I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine, right? Now, out of the two films, I would say Small World is Vega's better film, but it's just so dark. <laughs> It's so dark, you know what I mean? Uh, so this isn't as dark, uh, but yeah, it's just crazy. But yeah, people, it drops um, Friday. So yeah, there you go. Pitbull Exodus. <laughs>
um, most likely a HBO Max original film, right? No other cast or anything like that has been announced. So let's see what happens with that, you know? Um, also, right, coming is a, uh, a film about the Grateful Dead, right? So Martin Scorsese is going to be behind the camera. And uh, Jonah Hill will be playing Jerry Garcia. Yeah, that is correct, people. So Scott Alexander and um, Larry Carventure-Wishke are going to be writing the um, writing the piece. You know. Um, Hill is also going to be producing the film along with Scorsese and Rick Yorn. So, yeah, let, let, let's see what happens with this one, man. I mean, Scorsese has done the musical thing before. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know The Grateful Dead, to be honest with you, man. You know what I mean? Another reboot. Well, not a reboot. This is more um, a, a revisit to an old classic. Uh, now, they talked about it a long last time, but it looks like we will finally get a fifth Lethal Weapon film. I don't remember the fourth, but we're going to get a fifth, right? And uh, Mel Gibson is going to be a director here. Right, um, yeah, because I think Richard Donor was originally attached, but he died in July, which I can't remember. I don't remember that. Like, did Richard Donor he do the Superman film? Because if so, then I remember that, but if not, I don't remember that. But, um, yeah, Lauren Shuler Donor will be producing the film. Um, along with Dan Lin. So, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Like, um, Gibson recently said this. Richard was developing the screenplay and he got pretty far along with it. And he said to me one day, listen, kid, if I kick the bucket, you will do it. And I said, shut up. He did indeed pass away, but he did ask me to do it. And at the time, I didn't say anything. He sent it to his wife and to the studio and the producer. So I will be directing the fifth one. So, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows if that's true, but frankly, who cares? Who cares? We'll, we'll get a fifth one and, uh, yeah, let's see if it's uh, as enjoyable as the previous, you know what I mean? Uh, this could be fun, right? Because it's from 87 North, right? And they've done John, the John Wick films and Nobody, which was as meant to be uh, pretty gay. They did do Atomic Blonde, which um, I didn't really like that one, but things are for everyone, you know what I mean? And I'm talking about Violent Night, people. It is going to be a new film starring David Harbour, who, hey, after he's turning Black Widow, you know what I mean? He really turned 
things around for me because Hellboy stunk. But boy, Black Widow, he killed it as the Red Guardian. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm uh, interested in this. Tommy Workola is going to be directing the piece, you know, um, and um, it's going to be written by Pat Casey and Josh Miller. Kelly McCormick and David Litch are going to be producing the feature, you know what I mean? Um, also, people, uh, we've got a new film called There's Something Wrong With Children, okay? It's, uh, you know, starring Zach Gifford, Amanda Crew, Alicia Wainwright, and Carlos Santos. Um, Ro- Roxanne Benjamin is directing it, you know? Uh, it's a horror from Blue House, right? TJ Kimfell and David White wrote the script. And it's about two couples, one with kids, who go on a weekend trip. The kids soon begin to behave strangely after temporarily disappearing into the woods overnight. And... Um, yeah, uh, um, we are getting a, also a new film um, written by Sophie Cragham called Susie Searches. It's going to be starring Alex Wolf and Kersey Clements. Um, yeah, it's about um, an awkward college student played by Clemens who seizes the opportunity to bolster her popularity and her overlooked true crime co- podcast by solving the disappearance of a charismatic college classmate who's played by Wolf with a complicated private life. So, uh, yeah, that sounds like it could be interesting. And, hey, we talked about Red Notice today. And uh, on the back of that, we get news that Netflix have extended their contract with Pinewood. And because of that, they're going to be doubling the size of the Shepparton Studios facility that they have pretty much took over recently, you know, which is huge, right? They're adding nearly one million square feet of new production space, right? And expanding it so it will have 17 sound stages, which means that this new Shepard and Studio will be one of the largest film and TV studios in the world. Said that uh, work should be completed in 2023, which just means more great content and also just more opportunities for people to work. You know what I mean? Because, hey, when you've only got so much space, only so many films and TV shows can get made. But with this, more shit, people, which is all good. But, yo, that's it for part one. As I say, we've got more shit coming, people. So make sure you come back for the rest. All right? See you in a bit.
one.